Bonsoir from Paris. And uh, welcome to the Fencing Podcast. I'm Gavin. Uh, and I'm Sean. And uh, this is our yearly kind of from the pub uh, chat. <laughs> our Paris special, yeah. Paris special. From, from the uh, hotel bar. Yeah, post individual from the hotel bar chat about what we've seen today. Yeah. So uh, we've been up since stupid o'clock in the morning. Uh, uh, some a little earlier than others. Well, you were much more stupid o'clock than I was. So That's because I do the nerdy thing of going to the venue early to watch people taking lessons. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and as, a, as an epic coach, that's of less interest <laughs> to me. <laughs> so, okay, fair enough. Uh, so, should we just do our usual? We'll just quickly run through um, the early departures. Mm, yeah. Uh, out in the 64, uh, Lee, Safin, Choi, and Kleberink. Uh, out in the 60s. Oh, and the other one is a, is a sort of point of interest for the ongoing subtext of who's going to be in the American team for the Olympics. Miles Chamley Watson um, made it through to 64, but didn't go any further. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll come back to that in a second. Mm. Uh, out in the 30, out in the 32, uh, sorry, out in the 32, Imbiden, Meinhardt, Mepstead. Yep. And then out in the 16, everyone else, basically. Um, <laughs> Not everyone else. Well, not everybody else. Fakuni, Kassara, Masialis, Chung, and Martin. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, quite quite a lot of scalps taken early on. Mm. We a, lot, mention- a lot of American scalps. A lot fair. of American scalps, yeah. So we didn't have any Meinhardt. We didn't have any uh, Masialis. We didn't have... Uh, Jeffrey Tourette went out earlier as well. Mm. Um, so just about all the Americans went out. Yep. Uh, we should Apart also main- from... Apart from well, a young man, we'll talk about later. Indeed, yeah, we'll come back to that in a second. Uh, and then also, we should mention some of the, the the fresh young things that we saw floating around. Yeah, it was a bit of a day of that. Lots mm-hmm. of lots of young fencers, guys who are still juniors, um, or just at the juniors producing thoroughly impressive senior results at the uh, at the CIP. It was uh, a lot of exciting stuff from the from the young guys going on. Yeah, yeah. So. To make up the numbers, the, the French Federation can invite some extra fencers. And yeah, if you're hosting a World Cup, you get to put more in in the first place. I think it's up to 20, just sort of regular entries. And then you can put in a few extras um, to ensure that the pools are all the same size in the first round. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the one of those extra extras, uh, you know, i.e. the sort of man on the street hanging around saying, you know, you fancy a bit of fencing today, mm-hmm. uh, was uh, the young French guy who finished second at the World Cadets last year. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul de Bevel, yeah. Paul de Belval, yes, uh, who battled this way through things uh, on day one mm-hmm. uh, to make it through to the last sixty-four in a and competition with two hundred and fifty fencers. Yeah, it? and uh, what age was he, Sean? Seventeen. Seventeen. Yeah, not a bad day out. Yeah, I mean he he looked like a proper little kid in there. He's properly fresh, fresh faced, even yeah. for a seventeen-year-old. Yeah, uh, and there he was. Uh, mm-hmm. He's not shaving. Let's put it that way. <laughs> so yeah, I mean his his draw was against uh, Enzo Lafour. Yeah, uh, which is uh, unfortunate. Unfortunate. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you know he got a bit of a thumping, but yeah, you know day two at the CIP as a seventeen year old was uh, pretty amazing, really. Yeah. But loads of other youngsters. There, there were there were tons of them. Yeah, uh, you know, like uh, Marini, for example, made a, a last sixteen. Yeah. I believe he's still a junior. Yeah, uh, not quite, se- <laughs> not a seventeen year old, but uh, uh, definitely there was. It feels to me like we're starting to get a, a change of the guards. Yeah, um, uh, another one that appears in the the last eight um, was well. We're now going to have to refer to him as 
perhaps not not so much anymore the other Borodichev. Yes, um, <laughs> we, we talked quite quite a bit about um, Kirill Borodichev mm. uh, now now featuring in the Russian team. Uh, he didn't have a great weekend. He didn't, didn't make it through to day two, but his uh, his brother Anton uh, battled his way through Who's all the way to last twin. twin yes, I, I believe they are twins. Yeah, uh, which yeah. is crazy. But anyway, uh, yeah. so Ant- Anton made it through to through to the last eight. Mm-hmm. So um, quick look at who was who was there the last eight. Um, we had Borodichev, who was eventually put out only just uh, putting a sterling comeback against his uh, fellow countryman. Uh, Alex Cheremisnov, um, but eventually bowed out 15-14. Um, a good comeback from him during that fight as well. Yep. Uh, quarterfinal two, uh, Maxim Poti against uh, Daniele Grozzo. Um Things were pretty close with Grotso maybe marginally ahead when uh, Poti sustained an injury. Looked like either groin or hamstring, not yep. absolutely sure. Took his... Uh, Five minute injury break, but he was clearly not right after that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Garotza won very comfortably. The last hit kind of told its own story, and Poti was done and just trying to go off the piece without making things any worse. Uh, so Garotza went through 15 16, uh, 15 6 rather. Um, third quarter final, uh, the old, old French affair between uh, Enzo the Four and Erwin Le Pechou. And that was a, a scrap a thon. Proper scrap. It was a re- really, really good fight. Um, Enzo looked in control of things for most of the way through. He had quite a big lead. I think it was probably about 14, 10 or 11 up and you know just about at the finish line. Yep. Uh, but Arwan wasn't done. was going to bust a gut, got, got it back to 14-0 and then, and then basically missed it 14-0. Yeah. Uh, missed the riposte, having, yeah. having worked so hard to get there. Both fences uh, were lying on the ground looking relieved at the end uh, of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Leading different ways, you know. Yeah, That's was, all over uh, with. Um, yeah, brilliant fight. And uh, last of the quarterfinals, uh, Nick Itkin up against um, Alex Shupinich, uh, which again was a proper scrap. Um, Itkin a long way up. Shupinich fighting his way back into it, uh, but eventually Itkin We, sh- we should also mention that, that, that that particular fight had a, a massive long pause and we're not sure what was going on there. Yeah, that's right. Both fences were sitting at the end of the piece. To, uh, mm-hmm. They'd be given chairs. so they Chairs, making themselves comfy and... Uh, yeah, it was a big, big delay. Not quite sure what was going on there. It wasn't the match that we were commentating on, so it was only after a while that we spotted. You know, nothing's happening over there, and the uh, the guys are settled in uh, for for the long haul. But uh, once it got going again, uh, Nick can taking the win fifteen twelve. Yep. So uh, semi finals a bit different. We we're able to watch all of all of this because we were commentating on them, doing, doing the commentary. Yeah. Um, and again, a couple of brilliant fights. Um, Grotso up against Cheremisnov in the in the first one, mm-hmm. and this was a fantastic performance from from Garotso, I Yeah, thought. he looked really mature, really really mature. Yeah. Great range of movement, uh, dealing with the, the sort of the Cheremisnov's just the ability to to try and score from whatever it is that you're. Yeah, the whole the whole range of uh, Cheremisnov. Um, Tricks and distractions, and you know all mm-hmm. the stuff that comes with comes with that, um, weren't weren't having any effects on Garotso. Uh, Garotso looked yeah. super calm, yeah. well in control of things, and uh, eventually ran out a, a very comfortable fifteen eleven winner. The, the the hit that really sort of sums up there's a hit where Chimisov really breaks the distance, comes in really close, and Garotso literally takes ages to pick his moment to put the point on. Yeah, there's Chimisov thrashing around in front of him. Yeah, uh, certainly three or four. 
really close quarter uh, situations where Grosso's taking the parry yeah. and then takes all the time in the world to mm-hmm. to find the open target and, and land the repost. Yeah. It was uh, it was quality stuff yeah. and uh, probably the best I've seen Grosso fencing for. Oh yeah, for definitely. A while. He definitely. Looked, he looked really, really good in that match, and Cherimi uh, uh, Snuff's a tough, tough mm-hmm. opponent. Well, I was very impressed with him in Tokyo. I thought he was—he looked super, super smooth and sharp, and yeah, he's made a semi-final here. So yeah, yeah, another another fencer in good form, and you know, timing timing his run to to better stuff. Mm-hmm. The the Olympics mm-hmm. now looming uh, really well. So the second semi-final, uh, the four against Itkin. Uh, again, another really impressive performance from the winner. Um, mm. Nick Itkin taking the win here, 15-12. And, uh, but did you see he looked in doubt at all? Yeah, I mean, yeah, he never opened up a really, a really big gap, but he always looked in control of things. Uh, yes. For a you know a, a, a twenty year old fencer, only really in his second season, I suppose, mm-hmm. uh, on the on the senior circuit. Um, I mean, he's had some good results, um, third and born last year, and uh, silver medal at Shanghai Grand Prix towards yep. the end of last season. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's another really really impressive performance from uh, from Itkin uh, against the against the reigning world champion. Mm-hmm. Um, Enzo Lafour's, you know, attacking threat was was largely nullified by a really good variety of defensive tactics from Itkin. Yeah, because um, although the the sort of the the approach that Nick was taking was, you know, the the, the general approach was there with this kind of the, you know picking Enzo off as he's coming in. He never it was never using the same hit to do it. There was a range of yeah. Enzo closing a different line. You know, Nick was able to disengage away from it. If uh, if Enzo left it open to to stop that, Nick can finish. Yeah, it was it was really really impressive. Real worth going to check out as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously we didn't see every single hit of the the quarterfinals because they're all going on at the same time. Yeah, there was a. I mean, the standard fencing was absolutely fantastic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Of uh, you know, us- usually you get to a last eight, and if you watch all the fights, there's usually at least one or two that are a bit rubbish. To be honest, yeah, yeah. That that doesn't seem to be the case at all here. And the no. two semi-finals were. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah, yeah. So, so that gave us a an Itkin Garozzo final, and uh, yeah. Well, I mean, what, what were your thoughts on this one? Because well, uh, we went into it. And remember, I went. I said I'm Team Garozzo, and you said I'm Team Nick. And uh, yeah, I mean, uh, going I was quite disabused of that notion. Let's put it that way. I would have been sort of fifty fifty on who, who to pick as a winner, but you you sort of declared your hand for Garozzo quite early. So, so well to give it a bit of balance, um, I'll I'll go. I'll go Itkin for the win, mm-hmm. and uh, <clears throat> didn't disappoint me in, in any way whatsoever. No. It was a fantastic performance. I mean, I I did say I largely think of Nick, Nick Itkin as being a, a fantastic defensive fencer, but this was a really brilliant attacking performance. It really was. Um, he, I mean, things were relatively level up to about what four all or so. Yeah, about and that. Then, and then Itkin suddenly um, found the found the magic key. Where he could he could make a feint, get Garozzo to to react with a parry mm-hmm. uh, and disengage it and hit, yeah. and he scored an absolute ton of hits with that in a variety of different situations as well, deceiving car and circular seats parries from from Garozzo, and um, he he really ran away with the fight in the kind of middle section, oh, kind of about four all. Next thing you knew, it was eight four. He kind of kept that lead and stretched out even a bit further, um, and while. 
Garotso had a, a bit of a late rally to, to make you think it still just a bit possible, maybe a hint of uh, mm-hmm. tightness creeping into Itkin's game. Um, in the end, it was a, a really composed and, and comfortable finish for him and mm-hmm. uh, taking the win eventually, was it 15-9? I mean, that's a really... That's convincing. Uh, you know, it was in something like the final of the five or something like that. Yeah, it was a it was huge, huge, huge gap, and yeah. Uh, yeah, an amazing, amazing performance from a still a very young fencer, and yeah. uh, you know he's he's burst onto the scene, having been junior world champion. He's produced a couple of very big results in mm-hmm. seniors, mm-hmm. and now he's won the won the CIP, and, and you don't really get much more prestigious than that outside no, the Olympics and the World Championships. No, you don't, and. It was interesting because, again, there was no one single hit that Nick was doing. It was his ability to put Garozzo under pressure with a feint at the right moment. Yeah. And it, you could just see it. There was a couple of times you could just see where Garozzo had to pause, was pausing after the hit and just expressing his frustration. Like, I don't want to be doing this. Why yeah. am I doing it? Yeah, I can't help myself. I can't, I can't stop yeah. it. Why can't Something I stop myself? Just, just when I'm not quite ready for it, yeah. he made it in the middle of the chest and I, I can't help but have a fish for it. Yeah. And the next thing I know, that point's landed. Yeah. So, uh, superb stuff. So, congratulations to Nick. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. Before we before we sign off, we should probably just have a quick chat about the GB boys because there's some interesting stuff happened there today, and we should just probably mention it because we're going to go and watch the teams tomorrow as well. Yeah. Um, uh, mixed kind of day for two of the more established stars of British fencing. Um, Richard Cruz, having dropped out the top 16, had to had to fence in the pools on the Friday, which he did pretty ruthlessly. So went straight through to the uh, through to today's action. Um, won his first fight, but uh, got a real thumping in the last 32. But apparently carrying an injury, mm-hmm. I, I was which uh, would explain why I was, was hearing so yeah uh, pr- problems with the shoulder. Uh, so he went out in the last 32, which means I'm afraid he's going to drop a bit further down the rankings. Mm-hmm. Um, Marcus Mepstead, <clears throat> now in the top 16, so having a, a Fiat Friday yesterday, um, went straight into 64, won his first fight, uh, but lost to Abel Kassim, uh very comfortably. 15-4? Yeah, it was, it was a bit of a sore one. I mean, it, obviously, it, the, the end result perhaps sounded worse because there was a, a gap and he was having to chase and... Yeah. You know, I mean, we weren't, we, weren't, we weren't commentating on this one, so yeah, we're only we're, kind of watching it at the corner yeah, of our and eye. It looked to me like there might have been a couple of P cards, so maybe that was forcing Marcus to attack and he didn't want to attack. Yeah, so without going back and watching it again, it's hard to see exactly what was going on there. So, not, not a brilliant result for him, but to be fair, looking at qualification for the Olympics, uh, most of the other contenders uh, didn't have a great weekend either. Um, the <clears throat> The defender currently op- occupying the second European slot is uh, Benny Kleibrink, and he went out in the 64. Yeah. Um, Mike, Michael Zeiss from Poland um, didn't make it through to to today. Yeah. Um, Carlos Lavador of Spain also didn't get through the yep. preliminary DEs. Um, so the only sort of other possible contender who had quite a good time was Alex Schupanich, who made the last eight. And that's mm-hmm. at this stage of the season, probably not enough. So uh, Marcus. Uh, without having a, a stellar performance, you know, consolidating his position at the top of the European mm-hmm. um, qualifiers list, so yeah. not so, bad. But the the big surprise of the day, or big surprise of the weekend, really, was a um, relatively young British fencer, Jai Birch, who absolutely blasted his pool on Friday. And we mean blasted. Uh, and that was a pool with Dmitry Zerebchenko and uh, 
former junior world champion Damiano Rossitelli. Yeah. Um, and, and Jai won all his fights with an indicator of plus 17, so straight through to, to day two, no having to mess about with the preliminary ADEs. Uh, and then he produced a couple of good wins in the 64 and 32, and, and pretty convincing wins at that as well. Yeah. Um, and only just came up short against Maxime Poti in the last 16. What was that, 15-14? Uh, that was a 15-14, yeah. Yeah, and that was, that was with a rally from... He, he, he was behind, was he not? And came back to 14-0. Yeah, was, yeah. So it was ju- just... Just fingernailed away from him. Yeah, so 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 close, but yeah. you know, an amazing fence, uh, amazing performance from a, a fencer who's really only just starting to do senior yeah, World Cups. Yeah, yeah, incredible. So, incredible. so mix, mix news for the British crowd. Yeah, so the, you know, so there's your, there's your Brit update. Mm-hmm. Um, so more more action tomorrow with the teams. Mm-hmm. Lots to play for. This is the second last World Cup, so basically the second last team event before Olympic qualification comes yeah. to an end. Yeah. Uh, and still quite a lot to to sort out. Mm-hmm. So, uh, looking forward to seeing how that that pans out tomorrow. And um, I think that pretty much wraps up our our day in a, a big and impressive sports hall in Paris. Uh, I mean, we do love coming here because the atmosphere at the Stade Pierre de Coubertin is absolutely fantastic. The quality of fencing was amazing today. Yeah, uh, really, just the, the, the really best of everything of, of what a World Cup so. can be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, back for more tomorrow see what happens in the teams mm-hmm. our, our next uh, our next episode will be covering all the other stuff that's been going on today yeah. around the world Heidenheim men's epi Katowice women's foil mm. uh, disappointing news from Havana uh, or disappointing lack of news correct uh, from the, for the women's epi from Havana mm-hmm. and the Sabre Grand Prix in Montreal yeah. so it'll be an action packed one next time up um, and thanks again as always to our lovely sponsors Lee and Paul mm-hmm. uh, we're both chatting to to Barry Paul, former managing director of uh, of the company today, and that's that's always interesting stuff. Uh, he was telling me that it was, uh, he made the he finished fifth at the CIP um, a few years ago, and he, he faced up forty nine years ago. Yeah, forty nine years, quite a long time. Not just he yesterday. He must have been in nappy. Must yeah. have been in his nappy. I did try to flatter him and say, "Oh, you must have only been about five at the time." But, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, no. So it's a. Uh, a competition with a big history, which is a you know yeah. a big a big part of what makes it what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. is uh, yeah, best World Cup in the world. Mm-hmm. And that's I think that's us done for the evening. It is indeed. So right. thank you very much to uh, French Federation for inviting us back to chat mm-hmm. about fencing for a whole day. And uh, yeah, hopefully we'll be back again, well maybe later in the year or next year. Yes, because uh, we do love coming here. We do. So thanks very much, and mm-hmm. we'll uh, speak to you again soon. Hey, goodbye. Mm-hmm.